2: don't have slash may have had slash don't know if you've ever had it.
0: But
1: everything you just said is accurate. Everything you just said is accurate. Patrick, anything? Any, any thoughts to add to the soundbite conversation?
3: Uh, not today.
1: Well said. Well said.
0: Oh! <laughs> Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish...
3: Greg DeMarco Show.
0: best in all its future endeavors. <laughs> Welcome.
1: Shut up. All right. It is a Tuesday night, May the 4th. Patrick O'Dow, just just get the stupid May the 4th thing out of the way now. Let's just do it now.
3: Why why are you putting this on me? I already put out a whole episode of bandwagon nerds today doing May the 4th. So like I don't I don't need to I don't need to be your puppet.
1: And also with you. Okay. With and, you. and also yeah. with you. Very Catholic. Everyone responds it also with you, and I don't even think they know why they say that. Like I should say. Catholic everyone. guilt. I mean What's I was, that's I was Catholic. Yeah, Catholic, Catholic I was guilt. Catholic,
2: that's it. That's it. I did the sign of the cross literally as I just I feel like that's the only thing I know how to do with that.
1: Yeah, we could kneel and stuff during this show, but we're not going to. We have we have no reason to. I mean we could oh wow. Apparently when you're hovering over something and you move the mouse, all the sound bite things move. So, I'm trying to, yeah, I need to get them back to where that. they are. I've, I've, I've accidentally put things in order that. Ha- so we use this, we use Fubar the, the soundboard for the ICW theme songs as well. And not the last event, but the event before, the person running the sound accidentally alphabetized them. Miranda will probably remember this, and it drove this. She freaked the hell out. Like, literally, it was like... Yeah. Oh. Cause, a, little, cause, a
2: little bit of a freak-out moment.
1: Because I pre-prepped we it, them.
2: We got it together.
1: Yes, got them together. Dirt wrestling matches tend to be, you know, at least 8 to 12 minutes long. Gives you enough time to to figure things out. Let's throw it to Miranda Morales real quick and see what she thinks. Just kidding. She got up, people. Full curtain back. This is the equivalent of PC Tunney going and getting a beer in any one of the podcasts that he does. And, and yeah. this, is, this is him him right there. So... um. Yes, today today is May fourth that we're recording this Tuesday, May fourth, Star Wars Day. Although tomorrow is Revenge of the Fifth. Although now everything apparently it's the whole month now. Patrick, go Have you seen this no, is the this is the not. May?
3: Like I I have seen this is the May. That's too much. I'm a Star Wars fan, and I'm like that's too much. Like settle down, <laughs> S- settle, down. settle down, settle down. Like and, and Disney. This week has been a busy Disney week in general. Like they they dropped a Marvel sizzle reel yesterday. Now they're doing all this Star Wars shit today. What, they don't get a whole month. They don't. We don't need.
1: <laughs> they they don't want need it a whole
3: Month of Star Wars.
1: They want it. They want the whole month, and they. Have to I do mean, it's Disney, they so they're gonna to do it. it.
3: Like, yeah. like they don't give a shit what I say. But like, it's too much. It's too much. You're giving us too much Star Wars, Disney. You, you dropped like a show, and some cool pictures. and That's all you needed to do. That's it. We're fa- we're happy with that. We're an easy fan base.
1: This is our first show during the month of May, however, so we have to. I don't even think I have the original anymore. I think that's long gone. So. But you know what rhymes with May, Patrick, O'Dowd? Your favorite letter in the alphabet rhymes with May. It
0: does. Awesome! I came to Okay. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get out on your
2: knees. Okay.
1: Fuck okay. you, So I throw that one in there. I haven't played that in a couple what weeks. <laughs>
3: I was targeted. gone. Miranda, I, I gotta have fun. Miranda targeted. That's a targeting you know, call. Thank you, new best friend. Craig, have you heard about our new shirt that, that we're gonna we're gonna work on here?
1: Okay. Oh, funny how this topic comes up and Miranda freezes. Good old Tucson, Arizona internet <laughs> works out so well.
3: I'm, I'm just saying, you know, two weeks without you, that things have changed.
1: You guys did admirably well and changed. and i was excited about the uh the uh the fact that you guys did so well and, and were able to fill in neither planned and so you guys did a great job coming in and and making the changes uh doing what was needed and and I, i'm trying to not point out the fact that i haven't listened to either episode so that's you know i did listen to the no, chair no, shot radio fine. you guys did yeah, and it's a fine. i was excited about that um i, I don't even where the anyone.
2: new yeah, we're the new besties. That's that's where we're getting T-shirts made. Um, definitely a whole line. Uh, definitely even a new podcast. So so many plans in the works for the Sounds new besties.
3: Like the, the the new besties podcast coming to you whenever Greg can't do. Oh, those yes. things the will happen. Heel podcast.
1: There'll, there'll be other um, times because now I know. But, but now like I know the, you guys are capable, and so it makes it see, easy for me.
3: Miranda actually brought this point up. I think on the second show, she was like, "Now that Greg knows that we could actually do it." Like, he might just disappear on us because he's tired. Work is hard. You can't see me doing air quotes, well, but I'm doing I it can, live I now. can hear
1: you doing air quotes. Patrick, go down. Everyone knows you're doing air quotes. You don't have to tell them. That's right. You make it pretty obvious. Uh,
3: I, I may have watched that uh, Chris Farley sk- Saturday Night Live skit yesterday. <laughs> it's one have. of the few redeeming qualities of Peacock, is the, the greatest hits of Saturday Night Live playlist. Yeah. No, but I'm thinking like a flowing '80s style script with like our faces on each side, mm-hmm. like kind of looking at each other, all happy, like yeah. new
2: besties. The new besties, it's happening.
1: Hey, man! If people will buy it, I'll fucking list it. You know that. Like I don't even care. That's true. Like, I will put it on the website. I will put it out there and 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 let people let people buy. I mean, Once you sell a certain number of you shirts,
3: you ever want? What's like
1: that? that? No, go ahead.
3: I said the re- the real question is why would anybody buy anything with my face on it? Well, like, I was gonna say
2: for Greg, it's a shirt where his two best friends are on it at the same time. I mean, like Greg, the- Greg, Greg
3: wearing the new. I'd
1: probably shirt buy it. Yeah, me. I'd probably be the one who bought it and and would, would flaunt it and wear it around and wear it on air and yeah, I'd wear it. So it's it'd be fun. I'd wear it on the Tuesdays that I'm not available is what I would do. Although last Tuesday I was semi available, just not available for the first part. Was available for, for the second two shows that we record. Because we record, most people don't know by now, but we go Babyface Heal Podcast, followed by Chair Shot Radio, followed by the hashtag Miranda Show. They don't air in that order, but that's the order. Because Patrick O'Dowd, as you now know, Miranda and I do Chair Shot Radio on Wednesday morning, not Thursday morning. Yes, we do. Thursday morning is Ray Cash and Darren Max Kirkby. That's Thursday.
3: Well, but believe me, I, I apologize profusely. You did. You did. No,
1: you
2: did. did repeatedly. He was very sorry. Yeah. He was really sorry. I saw, it was terrible. I,
1: I does correct
3: happen. I corrected my new bestie and my new bestie ran with the correction. She did. I, I told was, him
2: with Elma and Louise this. We're going off the cliff together. That's what besties do.
1: Ride or die. Yep. Ride
2: or die.
1: So anyway, for those of you listening and have no idea what's going on, this is the Babyface Heel podcast because there are two sides to every storyline. I am the heel. Patrick is the babyface and Miranda is stuck in the middle. Okay, you know what? No. Miranda's the heel, Patrick's the babyface, and I, Greg DeMarco, and stuck in the middle, forced to be the referee, the peacekeeper, the tweener, and free to choose sides as I wish. Not really. This show, of course, is part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can hear over at your favorite wrestling website, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com.
2: Always use your head.
1: Go ahead and follow along at ChairShot Media for the ChairShot Radio Network and the ChairShot.com. Follow me at ChairShot Greg. My name is Greg DeMarco. I don't know if I said that. If so, well, I said it again. This show is of course available on thechairshot.com. It's also available on your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. So go ahead and like, subscribe, leave us that five-star review. Tell a friend, enjoy the shows together, find a bestie, listen to the besties, and you'll have a great time. We have content that comes out, we basically have three podcasts per day, seven days a week, so we got you covered, and then some, here at the Chair Shot Radio Network, all three of us combined do like six shows, so um, if not seven, so yeah, we got tons of content for you to, to enjoy. As the week flows on, of course, you've already heard their voices. You have the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. He is on the Twitter, at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. And you have the Queen of Soft Style, Miranda Morales. She is on the Instagram, but not the Twitter. Also the Facebook, at the hashtag Miranda. So... Seriously, thank you guys for filling in last week and the week before. Appreciated it. As things come up and and life gets crazy, sometimes it's a busy time of year for both the working and the lifing. And so that worked out really, really well. Um, Heck, we started this for people listening. We actually recording earlier this week thanks to some craziness that that's going on. So it's all good. It's all good. I I love, by
3: the way, that you messaged me and asked me if going earlier for the East Coast guy was ever going to be remotely a problem.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, Patrick O'Dowd. The one time I don't ask you is going to be the one time that you have something until 1030. So that's, that's
3: nah, why. No, no, no. It's not a Thursday. It's not a Monday.
1: It's called covering all Here, bases. You're
2: fine. It's a all- Tuesday.
1: It's a Tuesday. Right. It is a
2: Tuesday. I just felt very compelled.
1: You did. It was a good Yes. Yes. Tuesday. That's probably not going to catch on. That, that's probably not going to stick. Yeah. The two thing worked yeah. for a while. No one even does the two thing anymore. Like, they really don't. Yeah, it died.
2: No one, yeah. Two.
1: Well, I mean, right uh, now, no one does anything. Over again. But I just think it died out. Like, I just, you know.
3: Yeah. It, it jumped the shark. It kind of, you know, we Plus moved on when
2: as
1: a fan base. Yes. Mo- most things, you know, come and go through WrestleMania. And once WrestleMania hit like seven and a half hours, I think people were like, yes, yes, two. Mo- move on, please. If it could be three, that'd be nice. So we can get to the next match. That'd be great. So three would be preferred. So what we need to start, we need to start establishing the one when people kick out at one, because that doesn't happen as often, especially now that John Cena is not wrestling as much. So it'd be nice if we had people do one when we kick out at one, but two is, two is still a thing. So, I don't even know what the hell we're talking about at this point. This is this is good.
2: You you, you, have you made a rundown. Yeah, you have. A I know I
1: made a rundown. I'm very excited. Couple things to do. Uh, I did. And I didn't put the the chair shot section on there, but I did. First off, of course, want to thank you guys, which I've already done twice now. I did want to shout out yesterday or to the Tuesday morning edition of Chair Shot Radio that I put out was a 2012 interview that Patrick O'Dowd and I conducted with the one and only, currently known as Chris Adonis. Back then, he was Christopher Mordetsky. Everyone knows him as Chris Masters. Uh, and, and the great thing about re, re-fi, you know, finding and, and re-releasing the interview with Chris Masters is, Patrick, it might be my favorite interview we've ever done. Like,
3: Yeah, it was funny. When I listened to it, I forgot how one? I forgot how long it
1: was. Yeah, forty-five like, minutes. I forgot
3: that we went. Yeah, that we went as long as we did. And then I forgot how far into like the wellness conversation that we had with him went, and just him talking about what he learned from that. Mm-hmm. It, it was, you know, his his very strong exuberance to a man called Sting, uh, and the theme song for a man that, called
1: Sting. Yes.
3: Right, it, he 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 asked, "Did we play demolition next week?" I I, I forgot. Like he he put in requests. We probably did because we music. did have
1: the demolition theme song for a while. That's probably how we got it. I would imagine is, is that's where it came from. So because I heard that part too, and I was like, "Because then he started like singing it during the interview." I mean, yes, he just,
3: did. He was really yeah, was excited. He loved his retro entrance music.
1: So go back if you haven't go go back and listen to. The Chair Shot Radio, uh, the, the Tuesday morning edition of Chair Shot Radio. It's a 45-minute long episode, but the entire thing is our interview from 2012 with Chris Masters. So many good t- talks about his relationship with Carlito and, and what it was like to actually get to wrestle Shawn Michaels. Just and, and, and he's just literally him admitting how much of a fan he is. It was like when we would interview Ethan Page before he thought he was cool. Like, that's the kind of interview that the Chris Masters interview was. Like, that's... That's what that reminded me of, like back when Ethan Page would text us pictures of him reading Four One One Mania and and saying that he's a mark on there, and 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 now he is just a different kind. So, um, but the Chris oh, Masters Christopher Motesky interview was amazing, and and as we approach the ten year mark, Patrick O'Dowd, which is coming here in the next few weeks, and we have to do something yeah. for ten years of podcasting, which I'm going to worry about after May fifteenth, I. I thought about maybe hitting up Mr. Adonis about a return engagement for for an interview, even if okay. it has to be pre-recorded um, or, or what needs to be done. because um, as you saw, he followed me on Twitter today after I released the interview. So I know, know right? You, you got the in, right? You got the in, so so Mr. Speaking Mr. of Mr. new Messer, best friends. Right, exactly. Yeah. Bring him on in. I could just accidentally call him like an Alex Chamberlain and, and just he just have to be on. But that'll.
2: No. <laughs> I think that still almost has to be an interview of just you accidentally calling Alex, accidentally calling Alex Chamberlain right. again saying, Hey, while you're on the line, let you're just here? Do another interview. Let's just do yeah. this
1: right now. That's the uh, one of the time. Like last week, I was sad that we didn't do a video edition of the hashtag Miranda Show because it was so good. And the time that we accidentally well, called Alex Chamberlain was a time that I was said I wasn't recording before the show started, because that would have been great to have on air as well. But you know what listeners think, think about the great stuff we give you on air. Just imagine the fun that we have off air. So that was, uh, I want to make sure we get that out there. We are approaching 10 years. I have talked to a few people about the 10 year mark. If you've been listening to the show for 10 years, you can probably guess who they are. Um, and who they aren't because some of those people now work for a big giant corporation that's global and doesn't let anybody do anything. Uh and, and right. So if you're thinking I'm gonna get an I Pierce, I'm not, so don't. Uh he just got promoted, so yeah, it's not gonna happen. Um he's busy. He's he's busy Well, he'll be busy err once I start touring. But yeah, that's uh that's very exciting. But again, um just excited to, to be back, excited for this week's episode. I got a topic. I redid a rundown. They, they were joking that I actually did a rundown. Uh, this is the first rundown since March the 2nd that I've put together. So it's been two months since I've typed up a rundown, so excited about that. Your rundown, for both of you, says March the 2nd. I have since corrected that on my version to say May 4th, so <laughs> I, I did make that change on my end, but I'm excited about that. But Miranda, I can't just jump in and start the show because there's no. something that... You might want me to do before that happens.
2: Yes, sir. I'm going to need you to wind it up. Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot to pick up your very own Chair Shot t-shirt today. There at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, you're going to find over 25 different t-shirt designs, All in support of TheCheerShot.com. Lots of different logos and colors and styles to choose from. T-shirts start at $19.99. But hey, if you want to spend a few extra dollars, you can upgrade into soft style, which I Highly recommend. There's lots of cool t-shirt designs, including the OG OG chair shot logo, multiple always use your head t-shirts, and then such lovely t-shirts as the official unofficial t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, hashtag save tag team wrestling, the queen of soft style shirt, and of course, everybody hates Greg. Don't forget to pick up your bandwagon nerds t-shirt, a winner is you, uh, and so, so much more at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, Go get your t-shirt today.
1: Uh, usually you say it twice, it threw me off, but that's okay. Here we go, commercial time.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
1: Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code Shot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net.
0: Cal. India, Echo, Lima, Delta.
1: November 12th, 2012, excuse me, November 18th, 2012, three men jumped the guardrail at WWE Survivor Series, helping CM Punk retain his WWE Championship. They quickly became no one's mercenaries and in less than three years were established as one of the of wrestling's most dominant and talked about factions ever. Now Dean Ambrose is Jon Moxley, the top star for AEW. Seth Rollins is a multi-time world champion and boasts the, boasts the greatest money in the bank cash-in of all time. And Roman Reigns is your, my, and all of our tribal chief and fully acknowledged as the biggest star in the wrestling business today. One Money in the Bank briefcase, two Royal Rumble wins, and 11 world champions between them, not to mention too many pay-per-view main events to count. These three men have already put together Hall of Fame careers that could never be forgotten. We'll start with Patrick O'Dowd. As you know, our conversation is going to be about The Shield Because that iconic theme song that you just heard is no longer in existence. Thanks to Roman Reigns' new theme, debuted on Friday Night SmackDown. Patrick O'Dowd, what do you view as the impact of The Shield on wrestling as we know it today?
3: Well, I I mean, on wrestling, I'm not... It's kind of crazy. I'm not sure how I view it on, on wrestling today. I view it as one of the greatest launching pads for three careers in, in wrestling history. Like you just laid out all the accolades and where these guys have gone, not, not a single one of them faced anywhere. I I mean, some would argue that Dean Ambrose in the WWE wasn't the success that, that, that people wanted him to be, but clearly his AEW run has shown that he's, he's hall of famer all the way, just like the other two. But you know i I still go back to it's a it's a it's a faction or it's a it's a unit that ended earlier than I kind of wanted it to. And so I wonder where it could have been what it could have done if it had gone two year, you know, another year, maybe another year, whatever, two years um, before they sort of went their own separate ways. And you know, I don't think the timing was terrible. I just think it was i felt like there was more there with the shield to where i don't put them on an echelon quite to where like the nwo which changed everything really like this so, was like I, I, hang
1: on hang, don't no, don't compare to other factions that's a later question in the, in oh, the well, rundown. i i
3: think ooh, that they ooh. i think i think it was i don't know that the the shield was influential to like the way business was done in the wwe i think it was probably the greatest launching pad for three careers I've ever seen in my years of re- watching wrestling. Like that's, that's where I see their legacy. I agree. That they were a beginning of, of something
1: huge. I agree completely. First off, it's funny. Like Dean Ambrose is only viewed as less successful because of the careers that Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns have had. Dean Ambrose, a two-time world champion right. in WWE before going to AEW. Is like,
3: the same as like one U.S. title run,
1: right?
2: <laughs> That's a there's an equivalency ratio to that. That's basically
1: I equivalent to being the greatest AEW wrestler of all time, which he kind oh. of is by default at this point. At this point, he, he's he's their biggest, most marketable star, not named Chris Jericho, and, and he's just different, and and he's and it launched his career and. And then, of course, Rollins, like that, that was, you know, he skyrocketed, rain skyrocketed. You talked about how it launched the careers of three people. And that's the thing, like outside of evolution, which Triple H was already established and Ric Flair was already established, no group has launched a career of every single member. Usually, someone is left behind, whether it's a group, whether it's a tag team. There, there's usually just someone who doesn't get what, you know, the same benefit as other people. But the Shield launched the careers of three mega box office stars, three main event quality stars that that are going to be in this business for who knows how, as long as they want to be. Uh, anyway, and that's just something that's insane that the shield did that. And I don't think anybody could have predicted it. Everyone, one of the big conversations about the shield back in the day was which one of the three was going to be the major star or which one of the three would slip through the cracks. And really none of them did. Obviously none of them did. They all had, if, if all three retired today, all three would go into the Hall of Fame. Ambrose would still go into the Hall of Fame like he would. It's just you know they they don't they'd all go in twice right they'd go in as a unit and they'd go in as individuals that's what WWE does but it's crazy how they um that that's why the impact on wrestling as we know it today it's they didn't change the business but they established three of the sport's biggest stars and all because yeah. of three guys were in tactical gear that entered through the crowd the, one of the coolest entrances I mean who. I still walk down the stairs and occasionally will think of the shield theme like as I do. Like it's just how can you not walk down the stairs and kind of be like, like it's just the thing. Like and I have stairs in my house and Patrick has lots of stairs in his house. So it, it's, it's you know, you got to teach your kid to you know, play the shield theme going down the stairs. But it, it's a part of wrestling history and, and it is not even three years that their run was. Not even three years before the chair shot heard around the world that that broke up the unit. And here we are today with three of the biggest stars in the business. Miranda, I don't even want to ask a pointed question. I want you to be able to say whatever you want. Like, what do you think of where we are today, thanks to the two and a half year run of The Shield?
2: Well, I, I want to uh, agree and take a step further of what you said regarding the comparison to uh, Evolution. Even though you said we weren't going to compare because that was a later question. So you just broke your own rule. Just wanted to... I did throw that out there. You're right. Uh, But also I think for me, it re instilled my faith in factions because of exactly that, Um, of that theory, that philosophy of, you know, it's used to elevate somebody. um, And not only did it elevate one member, it elevated all three. And I don't recall a faction that had that much of an impact on in, within the WWE, but pro wrestling in general, And also the fact that all three of these wrestlers really helped elevate the WWE into a new era and a new almost generation. I do feel like kids who grew up watching The Shield and are now growing up seeing whether it is Moxley and AEW or Seth or Roman. You know, that's going to be the memories that really carry them through their teenage and adulthood. And, um, you know, when everyone thinks about what they saw as a kid, for me, it was DX for and the NWO. For some kids, it's going to be the shield. And that's going to... And they were cool. I think they also helped bring in state a cool factor in wrestling that we constantly talk about that seems a little lost. Um, and, you know, it gravitated not only a younger audience, but an older audience as well. And as far as just, you know, The what happens has happened in such a short amount of time, they've really been able to establish three world champions, but also the storytelling between them has been very intricate and long and detailed that when they did get back together for a short, brief moment of time, everyone went crazy for it because of how they broke up the chair shot heard around the world for years. Really Dean Ambrose's, resentment and hatred toward Seth Rollins you know Roman did his own thing for a while but the tension between Seth and Dean because of that and even remembering you know Dean's face when Seth did it like there was years of storytelling they did they played out in in lots of different ways too that I, I appreciated all from that one moment so I think not only did they help with you know bringing and utilizing a faction in, in one of the best ways we've seen in years but also good storytelling and one of the, you know the best rivalries that we've had um, you know I, I think in this decade in the WWE
1: yeah it's, it's crazy because we're coming up on seven years of the shield breaking up which is just nuts like that seems like such a recent faction such a recent everything. And and they were coming up in nine years from their debut and, and seven years from their breakup. It's it's yeah, it, it's it's crazy insane to think of of where we're at and and how the business has changed and and how it's grown and evolved. And those three guys have grown and evolved with it. Patrick, you mentioned something that is and really it kind of combines things that both of you guys have said. They with the moment they debuted. After that attack and their entrance and the music and everything, they were instant main eventers. Like they were main eventing house shows from the jump, from day one. They even one time, because of injuries, literally opened up a house show and then got on a helicopter, were shipped to another house show where they main evented, got off the helicopter, in the building, down the stairs, to the ring they went. Like that's what, um, what they had to do. And, and I think that was one of those house shows that featured like a 40-minute tag match just so we could extend the show so The Shield could be there. That's how big they were, so fast and so early. And that didn't ruin their careers. A lot of people's careers would have been ruined by being so successful so fast.
3: Right. I, th- I mean, and honestly, the only person who suffered any backlash for the 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 Rocket was was Roman Reigns for a while, like of, of the three, like... That's the one that got the got the tag of shoved down our throat. I'm
1: but that wasn't even movie. until after they broke up.
3: No, I know, but like mm-hmm. as you talk about like the after effect, like yeah. you know, you said they were instant main eventers and what, they, and it was always such a ridiculous take when you consider that all three of them were prominently part of WWE. Programs, yeah, they were all shoved down our throat from the get go. Yeah. like they were all there, but yeah. for Reigns, Reigns, I think because Reigns was kind of the first to get the main event push quote you know like he yeah. he became the one that then became disdained uh you know i he was funny you mentioned people talking about like who where they were whether i remember our conversation after they debuted uh with it was you me and uh who's the third i can't remember who it was andy critchell uh, I, that's right, because you gave Critchell credit for my statement on Roman Reigns. I still do. That's what it was. <laughs> you shouldn't. Because uh, I was the one who called Roman... I was the one who said there was something special about Roman Reigns. And Critchell, Critchell to his credit, said it's because he's the coolest motherfucker in the room. Cause I, <laughs> but I, I said it was... A, I, gave, I compared him at the time to Batista. Like, that he had like a big Batista vibe. Mm. Uh as, as kind of, that was, that was his main event potential. And they all have realized mm-hmm. a, a serious level of potential and surpassed it. And would be like Roman Reigns is clearly a bigger star than Batista will ever be or was. Um, and you see that Seth Rollins is like, he can drive a show all by himself. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't need anybody else. So, and yes, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, you know, whatever iteration he's he's been a straw that stirs the drink but you know here and at AEW.
1: Dean fucking Ambrose. There you go. I know you're waiting for it. But it's yeah, it, it's just insane like what those guys have become. You brought up the whole Batista thing, and it's really funny and, and them being shoved down our throats. Everyone seems to forget. Remember how pissed off people were in Batista One, the twenty fourteen Royal Rumble? And, oh, and they were I so do. mad about it. They were begging for Roman Reigns to win that Royal Rumble because Roman was in the final two with Batista. Remember, they right. they decided on Roman long before we ever know, and he had eliminated a billion people out of that Rumble, like twelve of them, and everyone wanted Roman to win over Batista, and and were pissed and had Roman won, and they strapped the rocket to him they would have turned on it of course cuz they're wrestling fans but people would have been right. behind it cuz he still would have been part of the shield and and what's crazy is that it took till 2021 for him to stop using the shield's theme song and and this is which is why I decided to do this episode today was because that's like the last, maybe you could say, okay, he still wears the pants, but whatever. Like, really, the last remnants of the yeah, shield Yeah, but I are
2: think gone. it's, a, yeah, the overall look, like the face the, or the chest plate was a big thing that they were still used. I think, you, I, I don't think people notice the pants as much anymore nah. because the chest plate is gone. So, yeah, between that, and that was my biggest gripe for a while, is I didn't know, at least Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose had created an identity outside of the shield, Um, Whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, there was still an identity Mm -hmm. outside of the shield. Roman Reigns, though, didn't seemingly have an identity outside of the shield. And it took a while to do that. But once he really developed this head-of-the-table persona and and changed, you know, and I think everything he's done has been minor changes, everything else. You know, he's not talking at any different pace. He's not saying anything different. The minor tweaks that they've done with him, has made the world of difference. And even things like the music and the and the changes, but now we know exactly who Roman Reigns is and having his own identity, I think has made the, the difference maker in, you know, again, I think a lot of it too had to do with fans Kind of being petty of, you know, oh, he's still relying on the whole, gim- you know, shield gimmick. And and I don't think he was relying on it. I think it still suited him. But when you don't have the shield, it's kind of like that last person still holding on to yeah. the remnants of something that doesn't exist anymore. So why give that to him when he they could have, you know, really from the get go created something different? And but. You know, with with patience is a virtue. Waiting for it, and and what he has now has been worth the wait because it is like just stupid good.
1: Yeah, what we have now was was worth the wait, hundred percent. And here is the other half of it: it made sense to milk the shield gimmick for all you could as long as you could because it was that profitable, it was that bankable, and and it made Roman bankable. Plus, I've said it a million times, and we don't have to go into this topic today. The head of the table gimmick works so much better because it took so long, because people complain so much. That's why it works as well. As it does now. We've referenced it before. People were begging back before WrestleMania 33 for them to turn Roman Reigns heel and Triple H in an interview said, he already is. You just don't know it. Like he's already a heel. Look how you treat him. Like he's a heel. We're, we've been running with this for a while now and you just don't get it. So Patrick talked about and, and Miranda a little bit too, how early the shield broke up and, I've always believed that you do something, you you kill something before it's too late, right? Before it gets old. And you just never know when it gets old until it gets old. And, and I do, I think the shield had more years because they had just really turned babyface. They had like a formally, I mean, they WrestleMania, that WrestleMania 30, they did beat the new age outlaws and Kane, but it wasn't until they sided with Daniel Bryan that they, they really became faces in, in the whole thing. and, and, And then, of course, they had a two-pay-per-view run with Evolution, and then poof, it's over. You know, Batista quits, and Seth Rollins turns heel, and and we're off to the races. But they they probably could have had a year to the top. But it's like when CM Punk turned heel, you know, the night that The Rock came back and said he was going to wrestle him at the Royal Rumble, even though it was still summertime. Like – no one was begging for CM Punk to turn heel, but when he did, it was good, and, and it was the same thing. Like that skyrocketed Seth Rollins because that's when the Architect became a big deal. He was the one who built it up. He's the one who broke it down. He went on a, an amazing run that that you know Seth Rollins will, was is, is you know his career may never may never ascend to that again, and that's okay because he's got many years ahead of him. But heel Seth Rollins was was the best, and, and babyface Seth Rollins sucks. They should never do it again, but looking at where they were and and it was I think the time was right. Let me ask you guys this question and and we'll let Miranda go first this time. Would all three all three of them be at the same level today in 2021 had they not debuted as members of the shield?
2: No. I I don't think so. Um I think because of the fact that The way that you see different people debut, different pushes, the fact that they were all together as a unit means they were all for a while on the same trajectory, all on the same path, all involved in the same storylines. And it wasn't until they broke up that they went in different directions. So the fact that they were able to get elevated together at the same time helped a lot, I think, to then be able to branch them off and go into different storylines and different title scenes. So I I don't think so, because there's so many factors that come into play um, when it comes to someone debuting and and being a new uh, superstar on the roster um, that I I don't think. I think someone could have fallen through the cracks or someone would have gotten a better response than somebody else um, or someone else's program may have gone over better. Like, I just... I cannot see them being all of them at the same level if they weren't together.
1: Patrick, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I I think I
3: I mostly agree with Miranda. I think it's um it's challenging individually to to get 3 3 folks to debut and, and ascend successfully. Mm-hmm. The way that they did as a unit with the shield, I think that we may have gotten two out of three, maybe maybe even only one out of those. Yeah, three. I was gonna say
2: two out of three is um, is, yeah. a, a pos-
3: is like, optimistic. Like like one of them gets the John Cena ruthless aggression push to to debut on the main roster, a- and then somebody else gets Carlito esque sort of like. And, and here's the thing is. When Carlito debuted, he beat made John no mistake. Cena. He, yeah, he beat John Cena and it was treated like a relatively big deal. And then just nothing was done with him and mm-hmm. his attitude sucked. And so some of
1: it was on him too. But so basically like that I would have been saying, Dean Ambrose.
3: Right. And, and so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's wholly unique. It's, what I wish they would have kept doing with the Nexus to actually build like the guys in the Nexus when they sort of dipped their toe in with a similar idea of we're gonna make these guys a big deal, and then they're like, nope, we're just gonna make Wade Barrett a big deal. Nope, we're just not gonna make any of them a big deal. Like like they, they, they stuck with it and, and it worked right away, so I think that helped. It seemed like Nexus worked right away, and then they and then it it worked until it didn't, whereas the shield just kept Kept going, kept building momentum, and whether that was the the gimmicks' fault or creative's fault or whoever, that's up for debate, I think honestly. But yeah, I, I think as a unit, it was it was far easier to get them all up there and keep them up there.
1: WWE obviously made the right choice with the Nexus, because none of them have gone on to be John Moxley. None of them have gone on True. to be megastars in other promotions like. That that's they didn't ruin them like they just knew like WWE knows better than we do half the time more than half the time about these talents and about whether or not they truly have it they see them backstage they see how they prepare they see how they ready themselves they see how they travel they know whether or not these people can handle the 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 big spots the big money spots and when they can't then they they do what they do that that's where they're at I will say this about the Shield I don't think that all three could have ascended to the levels they are today without it they damn sure got a real good head start. And there's probably a lot of talents who debuted within that two-year time frame who were like, damn it, I wish I was in the Shield. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and kind of funny. Right. CM Punk has, has come out and said he campaigned for it to be Chris Hero and not Roman Reigns. Or Cassius Ono and not Roman Reigns. Can you just imagine, how dumb does he look right now?
3: Mm. Mm. I mean, like, I'm seriously. the wrong person to ask that question. I know.
1: I
2: was going to say, you know. all oh, felt. Yeah, I mean, I, I see he had good intentions. I see where he's coming from. He's a tall dude with long hair. Like, I get it. I, you know, but. Well, <laughs> I, here's, not- here's a, well, here's the other thing is
3: it's actually not, to me, it's not so much that. So the idea is dumb because I can't picture Chris Hero, the character, or Cassius Ono. Of course not. Like, in <laughs> that sort of persona. But it's not to say that Cassius Noto couldn't, if, and again, if motivated and was doing the way that, like, I I also don't know that Hero was, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say about Chris Hero. I'm not trying to disparage the guy. Yeah, yeah. But But
2: it it is a weird thing to think. It's it's almost like, like. when you find out about like another actor who because, almost got into a role, right? Like it just would well, have been weird thinking of anything else. Because
3: Greg can attest to this. We loved him in ROH when right. he
1: but we didn't up wanna that. and like we didn't want to pluck the same character and put him in WWE unless it was with Chris, mm-hmm. you know, Claudio as a tag team. And
3: right. And so like there had to be like the fit is just it's it's a square no, peg around whole it, it never would have worked.
1: He was never the right guy for that. It was probably never even consideration. CM Punk loves to rewrite history in, in later days anyway. So that's that's that. And besides, and unfortunately for, for Cassius Ono, Kevin Owens has the market corner wrestling in shorts and a sleeveless t-shirt because that was the only way he was going to be successful. Like he looks like a fat kid in his pajamas when he wrestles and that's just not going to work for, for WWE. Like you got to go all the way like Bronson Reed or he wrestled like a dude who was jacked up and, and, and slender. And and you know, lean, but he's not, and it just didn't fit, and that's why it didn't work, which is sad because he's immensely talented. And, and I think he ends up back there as a trainer someday. I really do. Um, so we kind of got here a little bit, and we'll go here now as we wrap up our shield conversation, and this time we'll let Patrick go first. Where do you rank the shield? You started talking about it. Where do you rank them as an all-time faction?
3: Uh God, I'm gonna sound like a I'm gonna I'm gonna go all full Patrick O'Dowd Curmudgeon here because I think they're a tier below factions like the Horsemen, the Freebirds, the NWO, which to me is the the standard of factions, particularly that original NWO uh and Degeneration Degeneration Acts. I think they're a highly successful faction, but I don't know that they kind of quote unquote altered the business. And I think I left the horsemen out of that. Like, you know, like those were some, all of those factions I just named really did shape the landscape of their company in, in some way, shape, or form or multiple territories in some way, shape, or form if you're going back to the Freebirds. And while the Shield was a, a group of main event players that impacted the WWE over around three years, they didn't really change the landscape of, of the company, in my opinion.
1: So, tier two. Okay. Miranda, what do you think? Where do you rank the shield?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this is almost equivalent, because I put them in top ten, but not top five. Um, of, of And maybe this is more of my... Favorite slash best of all time, Mm -hmm. but echoing what Patrick said, I don't think what they did was revolutionary compared to other factions. Um, But I do think in our modern time, it was one of the best utilizations of factions that we've seen in pro wrestling. And I think for that, it's almost like the fact that you were a faction in our modern time of wrestling and not only did you make it, but you had all three members become successful. That's pretty special and something that is very rare within a faction. If anything, you think about factions throughout history, exactly what we talked about. How many had multiple people, if not all three get elevated to main event levels? Very few. And so I feel like that is fairly revolutionary. Will it happen again? No, I, I really don't think so. Um, at, at not anytime soon. And, and I, I don't um, Just because of the way that, you know, the, the WWE is structured and, and you also think about factions in general, you know, usually statistically just one or, or two get, get the push, get the lift. So um, I think though, the fact that they were able to have the impact that they had now in the, in the stars that they produced and, You know, you can't think about, you know, WWE's main event picture over really the past, you know, seven, five to seven years without thinking about at least one member of the shield. So for that, I'm definitely top 10 of all time.
1: So I and I have the advantage of, you know, having read the format. And so obviously thought about this from day one. To me, it's Horseman number one, NWO number two and shield number three. I put S.H.I.E.L.D. over DX. I put S.H.I.E.L.D. over Freebirds. Freebirds is a great example, Patrick. The difference is, Terry Gordy went on a success as a tag wrestler in Japan. Michael P.S. Hayes was the really only single star to come out of there. The S.H.I.E.L.D., all three of them, became single stars. To me, they did shape the business. They just shaped it in a different way. They didn't alter the landscape as a group, but they went on to alter the landscape as individuals because they were in the main events after that, and it created three main event players. So to me, and, and I put him over DX only because DX went out there and, and it was just like, like, it was easier for DX because all they had to do was go out there and be vulgar and different. Whereas the shield had to come out at a time where no one really knew who they were. And except for, you know, the, the most well-known person was Seth Rollins because of when he was Tyler Black and, and the Ring of Honor world champion. And yet here we are, you know, they jumped the rail and, and thankfully Michael Cole didn't pull the, who are these guys? Like he named them from day one. These are three guys from NXT. Here are their names. Here we go. And and, and so to me, I put them number three because of what they became. When they broke up in 2014, I don't know if I would have put them at number three. But I put them at number three now because of what's happened since then and where all three guys are and what they were able to accomplish. So to me, it's still Horseman 1, NWO2, Shield 3. The big difference is that the Horsemen were all about one guy really. It did help the careers of the other members, but no one was ever going to be better than Ric Flair. The NWO did change the business. It was a reason that, you know, WCW nearly won the war. And then the shield, because of what it created, it created three nearly equal level main event stars. That's, you know, they're, they're different levels, but they're different levels of main event stars for all three members of the shield. The new day is the closest thing you could have to what the shield has accomplished. I don't see Kofi getting, maybe he gets a second run. Big E might get one or two. And I think time will run out before Xavier Woods does, which is, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Plus Xavier yeah. Woods can do so many other things that he just may not wrestle long enough to get to that level of Xavier Woods, winning a singles title, like United States or in a continental might be his big moment. Whereas I think yeah. E will get one to Kofi might get another one, but he, they, they won't get
3: he's there. gonna win it at a ladder match at WrestleMania and lose it the next day.
1: Who? Xavier? Xavier, Xavier I'm works, fine with yeah, that. he'll,
3: he'll uh, So you're saying that. that um you think the shield was better than the great faction that was Los Periquas?
1: <laughs> Barely, but yes, they're they're close number four. I
3: mean, I'm I'm just saying that's that's a tough call.
1: I'm 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 sticking I mean, with
2: it. I, I don't even know. This is so patronizing.
3: It's it's a joke? No.
2: <laughs> like, just
3: play along, Miranda. Why are you going like, to?
1: It should be easy for you to argue in favor of it, Miranda. the like?
2: only poor representation? I really have a whole lot in WWE. I mean, I could have no gone full minded. racist
3: and just said they, they were no nation of domination. Like You're right.
1: They crazy. were no nation of domination because they were way better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No, I definitely, definitely can't. Can't go with that, Patrick.
2: Johnny, idiot face. I was right. gonna say disciples of apocalypse. Uh, Savio, DoA. Savio,
3: Savio Vega was a was was a man among men. I don't, I don't get it. Really? Okay, that's right. <laughs>
1: The Babyface Heel of the Week is our time to take a look at one of wrestling's most famous or infamous personalities from yesterday or today and decide how they were better, as a Babyface or as a heel. This week's Babyface Heel of the Week is none other than former Universal Champion Braun Strowman. Miranda Morales, we'll start with you. How was Braun Strowman, how is Braun Strowman better, Babyface or heel?
2: Oh, man. Well, to me, the answer is pretty obvious. Thinking about when he first came about as a member of the Wyatt family and his size. I mean, super scary looking dude. And, you know, in some of his best moments and even, you know, it took me a while to get used to the name, the monster among men. But it grew on me because he is truly a monster. And I feel like a lot of, you know, the the memorable moments have been as a heel. You know, person that has been super intimidating and and scary. Um, someone who is just, you know, a menace. Um, you know, thinking about all the people he's thrown through. Didn't he throw people in pianos and over things and in things? And, you know, and, and some of those were done to heels. Um, but I feel like that wouldn't have been as successful if he hadn't already done those things. I think it's hard, Um, even during looking at this year's WrestleMania and and, you know the storyline he had with Shane and about bullying. You know, one it's always kind of quirky for me when they throw in bullying storylines. Like it's like that's a a reason because that's the basis of what they do. (laughs) You know, they talk crap to each other and um, be a
1: star, be a star.
2: Yeah, yeah, be be a star, everyone, be a star. Um, But you know, you can't just look at that. So, somewhat of that size and demeanor, and think, man, he's such a nice guy. He's such a good guy. You know, that doesn't seem to like resonate. It is mad. He is a monster. He is a beast. He is a scary, scary dude. And I, you know, I, I feel more of a, a connection to his work when he's been a heel.
1: Patrick, what do you think?
3: The roller coaster of my experience with Braun Strowman from I don't buy this guy to I see why this guy should be world champion to I'm back to can I have my money back has been one thing but he I I got to agree with Miranda in the sense that he's been the most interesting and compelling when he's just destroying people and like it's hard. It's hard to take something. You know, you were talking about the bullying angle, right? It's just hard. Like we made fun of his storyline going into WrestleMania, like from the way Greg would just say he's being made fun of because he's stupid. Like, like, and whether you meant to or not, Greg, you had like this tone that was like, "This is dumb," and it's hard to get behind a. Like one to be, I, I kind of agree with a lot of old school guys. To be a good baby face, you gotta be able to sell, and nobody mm. wants to see a giant ass dude like Braun Strowman selling, like selling too much, and it's it's just hard to buy him as, as a baby right now. He's he he. I don't know. He's not the Undertaker. The Undertaker's, the Undertaker's like the only like mythic giant baby face. Who partially by virtue of longevity was, uh, was no, there was no choice but to be a babyface. Um, Braun Strowman has just not been like, it's not been as entertaining. He's, he's lost, in my opinion, he's lost a little bit of his luster and his edge that, that he, that he had when he was really going through that dominant on his own, just destroying everything in his path. Heal. So I say I I vote heel.
1: For all the reasons you guys both listed, I think he's better as a babyface. For all the same okay. reasons. Like, literally, okay, think back to ECW, right? New Jack was a heel. But when that music hit and he came out with a grocery cart full of plunder, those fans went crazy. And to me remember the attitude era when people would just start filling the ring and then the glass would break and people would go nuts. If you've got like six or seven guys fighting in a ring right now on raw and all of a sudden Braun's theme song hits like a live crowd would go crazy. He's best used as a babyface when used properly as a babyface, And that's in small doses. I don't need three matches of Braun Strowman on raw ever. I need Braun Strowman to come out there and, and when, and, and people are like, Oh shit, like here comes Braun, like, like, You talked about him getting put, you know, putting people through pianos and whatever. We saw that live on SmackDown here in Phoenix with the Symphony of Destruction match. And he was the most over person in the match as a baby. I think he was, was he Intercontinental Champion? Like, I always forget. I think he was, like, just the weirdest run that he would have as an Intercontinental Champion. But to me, Braun is best using small doses as a babyface because people would get behind that. Like, people, it, it's it's that age-old, like, gladiator aspect. Like, just watching somebody come out and beat the crap out of people is... is That's why, go watch any WWE pay-per-view. When Brock Lesnar's music hits, the people pop because they want to see him come out and destroy some people. Especially when he came out at the Money in the Bank event that Patrick was at. Like, that crowd went crazy because they didn't know he was going to be there. Yes, that, to did. me... Is the best way to use bra- or to use Braun Strowman is to use him in smaller doses as an ass kicking babyface because that'll drive the fans crazy. Wait, obviously, until we have fans back in the buildings permanently. But to me, that's the best way best way to use him. But still, two votes heel, one vote one vote babyface for this week's babyface heel of the week. Of course, being none other than Braun Strowman.
0: You have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're
1: out of here. An eventful Monday night saw the return of Eva Marie to Raw and a new stable formed on the main event in support of the modern-day Maharaja himself. Jinder Mahal, happy returns for all. In order to keep this directed and and, and you know time sensitive, we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll let you guys kind of dig into this a little bit. Patrick will go first. Who's going to have the better run, Eva Marie or Jinder Mahal? Starting now, <sighs> not not looking at what they did before. Eva Marie, you piece of shit bastard.
3: <laughs> Am I wrong? Yes, He's you're wrong.
0: wrong. He's no. absolutely wrong. Oh, you
3: know, you're you're living like you're living in your your little love love affair with Jinder Mahal. I get it, and you're gonna talk to us about how great it is. But come on, you know that the WWE, she's attractive. Hopefully, she has learned some things. Has learned a new hold or two. Uh, keep the MAGA stuff in check and she'll be fine. But I think, yeah, I think she'll be the one that, that gets the bigger run.
1: Miranda.
2: Look <laughs> at the disappointment in your voice. Oh, it's great. remind <laughs> me. So what show did, uh, Eva Marie, uh, debut on?
1: That would be Monday night Raw.
2: And, um, Jinder Mahal, where did he de- re-debut?
1: That was in a battle of former world champions against Jeff Hardy. On main event, on main event, yes, on main event.
2: Case case closed. That's that. Just just the fact that the investment they view to put Eva Marie not oh, even in a match, so uh, a, just in a vignette on Raw versus uh, you know main event. I feel like that airtime is already an indicator of where they see these two going, and it's not that that I even prefer. You know, I. I actually hope Eva Marie maybe comes back in a managerial role, not in an in-ring role because I'd love for them to use the heat because they know she's a heat magnet to give the rub, you know, to somebody else. But I just feel like already where the placement between the two was that they're already seeing more of a, what, return on investment in Eva Marie than they do on Jinder Mahal. Now that I'm saying that's good or bad or fair, but I'm just, that's, you know, the airtime is an indicator of where they see these two people going.
1: We're going to revisit this on May 4th, <laughs> whatever the first show of May of 2022. And you will both see the error of your ways.
2: I hope so. I hope so.
1: When the modern day Maharaja Jinder Mahal is back where is he belongs. Five,
2: five time, uh 24 seven champion. <sighs>
1: I'm very disappointed right now. Very.
2: So, you know, it's, it's funny, Miranda.
3: Because you actually set yourself up a little bit with the main event argument. Because he could have just gone, look what he showed out of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and, and the heights that he attained to on a WrestleMania pre-show. There you go, Greg. There's your support for me. Now, just remember that even Marie will have the, the bigger run.
1: She won't even get to be 24 7 champion. So don't even start that with me on on Ava Marie. She won't be there in May of next year, and Jinder Mahal will be, provided he doesn't get hurt. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed (laughs) that that I'm just going to tell everybody right now to always use your head. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh.